0: Evening and welcome to Voice of the parrot. I'm your host Shastaray and I am joined in the studio by Zoltan, the podcast bird. This is another little micro milestone. We are at season one episode 10 by my Numbering system. So this is our basically our second episode 10. That's awesome. What are we gonna talk about? I have so much to tell you about this week. Everything's taking shape. Everything's coming together with this podcast. I've got some news, I've got some stuff, and the format is coming together. Holy cow, that's that's like a lot a lot. A lot, 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 a lot. A lot. So what have you all been doing this past week? Have you been playing with your birds? Have you been cleaning up after your birds? <laughs> it seems like I am on a mission to keep my house clean with these little guys. And I only have the little ones. I don't even have the big ones or the super destructive ones or anything like that. And it's a labor of love. It's the one thing I mentioned during my meet and greet episode. The parakeet budgie that I had as a little kid, for some reason, as a little kid, I was actually pretty good about making sure she had food and water changed out every day and the cage was cleaned every week and um, she made a mess too. I remember my mom made a little elastic fabric skirt around the lower portion of the cage because so much birdseed and feathers and everything was getting all over the place and I always think about that. It's like, huh, gosh, I wish I had something like that on the cages that I have now but they're not structured the same. So I don't mind the mess. But I started thinking about it. I was pretty prepared when I got my budgies, but not prepared enough. And I thought I would talk a little bit about my escapades with keeping the bird room clean. I think it's a good thing to keep in mind, especially anyone that's on the fence with getting a bird, what kind of bird you're going to get, what to expect. Realistic expectations, folks. Realistic expectations. So the one thing is, holy cow, they put so much Garbage and feathers and birdseed and little pieces of birdseed husk and all that all over the place. And then they tear up their toys for fun. So that gets all over the place and they make a mess. They are truly messy, messy birds. My walls are always a mess. It doesn't matter how often I wipe them down, they are a mess also. So let's talk about some of this because I have some stuff that's working for me really well it makes my life tremendously easier that I want to talk about. The first one is the fact that birds put off dander. They put off tiny little microscopic dust. And the budgies, they are a really tiny bird. They're they're not a dust bird. There's some birds that we call dust birds, and they put off a lot more. Murray, the cockatiel, is a dust bird. Absolutely. He puts out a tremendous amount of white powder, holy cow, and the budgies do also. I've noticed that I need to dust in that room a lot more often, and it's a really super, super, super fine powder all over everything, dust. You would just think that your regular dust levels are accumulating a little bit faster than normal, but you should always have a really good air filtration system in the room, so I have found a couple of different little air purifiers that are within budget that work really well. Make sure that if you get a device like this, that you are changing the filter on it often because it will get gummed up and be ineffective and then that puts more strain on the motor in it and it's just not good all the way around. You want to maintain your equipment, of course. But with that said, I should also mention if anybody in your family has a feather allergy, you should probably take that very seriously and reconsider any kind of a bird, you know, feather sensitivity. And the further we march into the future, it seems like allergies are incredibly common and severe these days. They can be very life-threatening. So take that into consideration. Make sure that nobody in your family has a severe feather allergy before you get a bird. And then after you get birds, make sure that you have some kind of air filter. You don't have to put you know, break the bank amounts of money into it. You can order off of Amazon. And if you go to the website, I'm calling it the headquarters now because I've got two websites for the podcast. I've got voiceoftheparrot.com and dot show. I have it where the dot com has a link to the dot show on the homepage, so you can always get there that way. But on dot com, we're going to call that the headquarters website. Anyhow, if you go to voiceoftheparrot.com, I have a blog there, and every episode where I'm, going to be, where I'm going to mention anything link-worthy or noteworthy of some sort, I will put links there and some additional information. It may not apply to every episode that I put out, but it will be labeled with the same season and episode number and date and episode title to make it easier with that episode artwork also. So it kind of It'll be easy to find that way, and if there's something mentioned in an episode that sparks your interest, you want to go find a link to that, I am making it easy that way. Plus, I will also put links in the show notes and description if you're viewing this on YouTube. Oh, and hey, we have some YouTube news here coming up pretty soon, too. Stay tuned for that. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Okay, back to my cleaning endeavors. Oh my gosh, if I don't vacuum the the bird room every day it gets like, it looks terrible. The floor gets just covered and you don't want that. You, It's messy. It's not good for you. It's not good for the birds. It looks terrible. Stay up on it so it doesn't get ahead of itself. And even little tiny birds can make a huge mess. So I was putting my vacuum cleaner to the test and within a year's time, I had had that vacuum for a couple years before I got Zoltan, it started to clunk out on me. I did a lot of research on the best pet quality pet dander vacuum. Bang for its buck. Out there, if you will. And there are super expensive vacuums and super cheap ones and everything in between. The last one I had, I'm still using it as a backup vacuum. It hasn't completely died yet. It's not sounding well and it's not as efficient as it used to be. And it is about four years old now. It is a Bissell. And I'm surprised it's lasted that long. Nowadays, they kind of engineer failure into products across the board. And that's pretty much every brand. It's why you can't get replacement parts. They want you to buy a whole new unit when something busts. And everything's made from plastic these days. So Bissell has been actually a very, very, very good brand for me. And it's a pet Bissell vacuum cleaner upright i've enjoyed it a lot and it was a canister so it was really easy to empty it did a really good job pulling pet hair and dirt and dust and everything else out of the carpet i don't have a whole lot of carpet in my house but it also has a really good bare floor setting right so it's been a good vacuum but this time around when i decided to get a new one couple months ago, I went with a Shark brand upright, and I am digging it. Holy cow. I spent a little bit of extra money on it. It was in the $200 range. I'm not sure the exact dollar amount, but that will be on the blog and down in the show notes. I'll put a link to it. It is an amazing vacuum. I am super impressed. Holy cow. So where you normally have like a button that you have to push to release the handle, so it reclines back so you can use it, this one you just... Pull it back. You don't have to worry about figuring out where the button is. There's two settings bare floor and carpet, and that is awesome because it eliminates the need for the carpet selection dial that a lot of vacuum cleaners have. And it has a very, very, very good filtration system on it. Um, It does have a smaller canister for collecting all the dust and everything. Not much. I don't notice too horrible a difference but I have to empty it more often because it does have quite the draw to it and the vacuum to it, and it pulls a lot out of the carpet. Oh my gosh. So if you are in the market for a vacuum cleaner and you don't know what to try, but you've got other pets, especially cats, dogs, anything that's going to drop its hair all over the place, absolutely consider this. It was made with pet owners in mind. Oh my gosh, they are not paying me. They don't know about this podcast. They don't know who I am. So none of this is any kind of paid advertising on my end. I'm just passing information along. Like I said, I am a good consumer of bird products. And that involves things that helps make your life easier and the bird's life easier and keep everyone clean. And that means everyone's healthier. So keep your lungs intact and keep your surroundings intact and stay clean. And that's going to improve your air quality too. Two other things that I use all the time for cleaning. There are these enzyme wipes that are kind of like along the same idea as like the Clorox wipes. But that's not Clorox. It's not bleach in it. It is an enzyme-based cleaning And they're moist. They're not wet or soggy or anything. And they are a little... I mean, for what they are, you would probably think kind of pricey. And they're about the size of a Clorox wipe. So what I do is I get scissors out. I tear about five of them up. And I cut each one into a tic-tac-toe pattern. So I get nine little pieces out of each um, wipe. And I use those when Murray is on me or if he's playing on the couch or something and we don't hit his piece of paper he's pretty potty trained but every now and then i don't catch his body language or he's been drinking a lot of water and he just does the best he can most of the time it's my fault because i'm not paying attention so i have these little wipes there they do amazing at getting the bird poop off of fabric including your clothing and they're actually designed for kind of helping you clean the cage They are excellent for that. So if you need to wipe something down, they're awesome, especially if you just need to do a a quick cleaning effort and you don't have time to really truly wipe everything down. You should give your cages a really good wipe down with rags and use vinegar water. Don't use detergents. Don't use soap. Don't use anything that's scented or that has chemicals. They do chew. They do use their beaks to climb and all sorts of stuff use something that's going to be very effective. And hey, why not cost effective? White distilled vinegar is your best bet. You can get generic and it doesn't cost much for a jug of it. is a couple bucks at Walmart or the grocery store or wherever. Anyway, put a little bit of vinegar into some hot water. You know, I always do about 10% vinegar and 90% hot water, and it, you can just rinse your rag out, wipe everything down, you're good. You can do a rinse wipe, but that's a really great way to keep your cages clean on a budget, quickly, and it's going to cut through stuff too. But if you do need to wipe something down in the moment, those little wipey rags are amazing. And you can get them on the Amazon subscriptions. I get them delivered every couple months because I go through them, especially with Baby Bird, and he's on my desk with me, and I have a couple different containers of them around the house so they're handy. I love those things. Hand in hand with that is a big old spray bottle. I think it's like a quart size and the product is called Poop Off and it is amazing for like when you take the perches out of the cage and you go to really clean everything. You can use it on a rag, spray it onto a rag when you're doing a really good wipe down on a cage and it has again enzymes in it cuts down into that poop, breaks it down and gets it cleaned really rapidly. Oh my gosh, it is an amazing product. So there's going to be links for all that in the show notes and on the blog. Check that out if you're looking for some good cleaning products that work. And um here again the air filter or the um filtration system, that is a must. We need to take care of ourselves. So keep an air filter going and um I'm going to put links to a couple of smaller ones as well as a larger one. And then the more birds you have, depending on the type they are, do your research. If they're a type of bird that puts out a ton of dust, you're going to want to protect yourself even more. And you're probably going to want to vacuum and clean your floors more also. The vinegar solution is also very good for floor cleaning. And last but not least, back to the poop off, I use that also I mentioned my walls get messed up, so I've got paint on my walls that allow you to wipe the walls down, and I use just a little bit of that poop off on the rag because when I feed chop to the birds and anything sticky, anything with moisture in it, they will get it on their beak and then they shake their head and it goes flying and it sticks to the wall. It looks like you got perpetual junk all over your wall. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. It's horrible. And when that stuff adheres and then dries, it is caked on. (laughs) I don't care how tiny the particulates are. They accumulate. It looks terrible. And you don't want to attract pests or mites or anything like that either. So make sure that you keep everything in the vicinity of your bird cages. Wipe down, keep everything clean, and that's going to keep your birds healthy. And then last but not least, you can get these anywhere. Walmart, Sam's Club, You can do a search online if it's your choice. I tend to a lot of times use puppy pads in the bottom tray of my bird cages. Now they have a grate over the tray, so everything falls down onto it, but I do have a lot of chop and stuff going on. And I find that those little granules and stuff that the puppy pads are made with absorb moisture like none other. So everything dries out very, very rapidly. Their droppings dry out instantly almost, it seems like. And if any kind of water or anything gets spilled, it dries out. And then I don't have to worry about, here again, any kind of microscopic little pests or anything from one cage cleaning to the next. Because I am telling you, with five budgies all running around... And trashing each other's cages, a lot of organic material drops down into the tray on a regular basis. So you always have food matter around. And there is always somebody hungry out there. You may not know how big or how small they are, but you don't want to attract those hungry little beings into your space that you don't want in your space. Mostly mites and lice and things of that nature. So keep the environment clean Use a good, good, super good air filter and vacuum especially and keep uh, your floor clean and everything. So I can't stress it enough. It's very, very important. And even if somebody doesn't have an actual feather allergy, if you've got anyone that has respiratory issues, asthma, you're going to want to take extra care on this. The little tiny birds like finches and here again, budgies, they're not so bad. If you decide to get a cockatiel, oh my gosh, they poof everywhere. There is poof poof, I call it poof poof. Murray will just fluff and poof comes off of him. Holy cow, wow. There's some ways to kind of help their feathers not do that as much, but that comes with the territory. You just have to deal with it. Oh my gosh, news! Okay, time for some news we have all kinds of news we have a new segment today and it is going to be listener mailbag i had a listener email this is awesome also in the news we just crossed over a hundred subscribers on the youtube channel (coughs) this is awesome thank you so much oh my gosh if you have not subscribed to youtube go over there find me And hit that. I am putting all of the podcast episodes there. It's an easy way to listen in. All of my cute and cuddly videos are there. And then when I start adding extra content and getting to the point where I can do that, that will be there too. But the nice thing about YouTube is after I hit 500 subscribers, guess what? I have to get a certain amount of views on view time. Then I am eligible for getting in on a slice of the pie with the ads. They are going to run ads regardless if I have my subscriber numbers or not. So if I get those subscribers up, guess what? That supports the podcast and it helps offset some of the ongoing costs of putting the podcast on. Plus, it's just a fun time. So in order to encourage subscribers on that YouTube channel, and the name of the YouTube channel is Voice of the Parrot, just go over there, hit subscribe, and you will get a shout-out on the show. Yay, we actually have some for today, too. Also in the news, we just flipped over 300 downloads on this podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I think I have figured out the problem why I have not been accepted into Apple Podcasts yet. It is a technical problem. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that goes into our startup drama. See, there's the technical music again. (laughs) Mechanical issues going on. It's been such an adventure, and you would think I've never had a podcast before, but this all goes hand-in-hand with using a different host site and having different features and having a different approach to stuff, and it's been a good learning experience. I'm not complaining too awful loud. But the one thing that was missing is a little bit of information that will prevent you from getting on Apple Podcasts when you use the particular podcast host site that I'm using. They have a little bit different set of rules uh, attached and different technology and stuff It plays together different. So I finally figured that out. And I never would have figured it out had I not gone to a podcast group and asked somebody and somebody actually supplied me with a link that allows you to do some of the footwork yourself. Oh my gosh, this is not out there. This is this is crazy. It's like a scavenger hunt. Holy cow. I hope that some of you are following along on this journey with me, because this is just real life when you try to put together a show. I, I like to talk about stuff. Sometimes people put on shows... And you don't know what's involved. It just sounds like they sit down, talk into a microphone, boom, it's out there. Uh uh. Oh, there's a lot of prep, there's a lot of behind the scenes, and there's a lot of startup drama. Wow. Also on the startup drama with the Etsy store, my pictures on products still are horrible. But, oh my gosh, just had a breakthrough with that. This old woman is learning stuff. I am going to have some awesome, awesome Etsy photos pretty soon. I hope to have a nice presentation. This stuff's hard. It really is. They say, "Oh, yeah, just take your art and throw it up on Etsy." Um it's really not that easy. It's almost that easy, but Etsy here again has its own little technological universe going on, and there's a lot with the setup, there's a lot with the presentation. And if you even want to get seen by anybody, you have to have your presentation up to snuff. So, I'm learning stuff. Wow, that is tough. I'm a poet and didn't even know it. Okay, Zoltan, you are being so good over there. Mail's in. Oh, mail's in. Okay, listener mailbag. This is our first listener email. Tim sent me an email with a question for the podcast. And his question was actually from me. He knows that I've got Zoltan and the other four budgies and, of course, Murray. He wanted to know, are you going to get any bigger birds or any of the really big birds in the future, like the macaws or a cockatoo or even like an African gray, any of those? Well, Tim, the answer to your question is no, not that I'm aware of. That sounds exciting, I would love to, and if I ever have a life where I could have those kinds of birds and it made sense, absolutely. They take a lot of time and a lot of attention, and they are very expensive. They are incredibly destructive, so you have to be aware of that. That goes back to the cleaning up and the expense and all that good stuff, and if they bite or you don't understand their body language they're more of an advanced bird. They can inflict damage on you. And so I would absolutely love something like that. Don't get me wrong. Oh my gosh. I don't think there's a bird lover out there that can't look at a macaw or a cockatoo and just go, oh my gosh, how awesome would it be to experience life with one of those or see what it would be like to interact with one, right? But they're not for everybody. And um, pretty much Every species of pet out there, bird, even dogs, cats, everything, be aware that what you see on YouTube and cute videos and stuff, those are the cute and endearing moments. You don't see the difficult moments and the frustration moments and everything it took to get to that point. So cover all your bases. But Tim, back to your question. Yes, I would love to, but really I don't think it's in the cards for me right now. Maybe one day I'll be able to do something for birds or interact with them somehow, or maybe even volunteer at a shelter. That's another way to interact with these birds, and you're not really sure if one's good for you. Go to a shelter that has some of these. Talk to them. Get some experience that way. Volunteer. See if they need volunteers. Ask questions. See if they've got any programs to help people. See if they're a good fit or a counseling session for pet owners. I don't know. Different places will do different services. So ask around, see what they offer and if they can help you learn if that's a good fit or not. But actually, when it comes to me, I'm really having a great time learning on these little guys. If one of my budgies gets really upset at me, which it just doesn't happen. I really don't have any aggression problems or I don't do anything to land myself a bite. But if I do, they don't hurt. They can't break the skin. They can't even bruise me. It pinches a little bit, but I don't do anything to get nipped by them. And they have really distinct body language. You know when one doesn't want your finger near them. So they're a good practice. They're a good way to get your feet wet with birds. They're a little hyper and skittish but then I get Murray. Now I have gotten bit by Murray. It was not aggression or meanness or anything like that, or fear biting, nothing in that direction. What he likes to do is groom me and he's developed a fascination for my fingernails and my cuticles around my fingernails. And he will get a little bit of skin sometimes and put some pressure when he isn't aware that there's nerve endings there. (laughs) So he will kind of get me that way. Or he'll get me like up around my neck or something and he'll see a freckle or something going on and he'll try to pinch my skin and bite. And um, so we've been kind of working on being gentle and that's part of your getting to know each other with your bird. It's a learning process and it's a journey and you get to know the bird as well as it gets to know you. And I've mentioned before, you can kind of guide them when they're naughty and teach them. And if you get them when they're really young, that's a really good way. You know, they'll bond with you and they know what no means. Also, if they get you just a little bit too much or they nip you for some reason and and it's a little bit too hard or they're a little too exploratory, you can say, ouch, you can squawk a little bit like, like a bird would and then just walk away, leave the room. Because if they're bonded to you, they don't want you to leave the room and they don't want to do anything that's going to make you leave the room that's going to cause you to leave the room or cause you to squawk. Oh my gosh, they don't want to hurt you. They just, when they're learning, they're also learning how to operate their beaks and how to operate pressure with their beaks and what is and isn't acceptable. So have fun with the learning process. And most of the time, you're probably not going to have any problems. Learn your bird's body language and some birds can get really territorial inside their cages if you have a bird that's like that don't try to force it into your will work with its instincts and if you need to let it come out of the cage and then get it into another part of the house so you can clean its cage they can get upset if they even see you messing with the interior of their cage sometimes Sometimes you have to work with them on even putting food in their cage. They can get territorial even when you're doing something for them, depending on the species. I believe the female Indian ringnecks can get really, really territorial that way. Moose Moose is an English budgie. At nighttime, after about 9, 9.30, she starts getting a little on the territorial side. And the later it gets, if I go too late at night, Oh my gosh anything in her space no matter where she is in the room becomes an issue of territory when she starts getting tired so i don't know if that spikes her hormones or what it does but if i get her into her cage by a certain time she's peaceful she's fine she needs her beauty rest but as soon as i get aggie into her side of the cage oh my gosh there's a, there's the the chattering and the threatening and the yelling And uh, it just gets worse the later at night. So sometimes work with their times a day also. And it's here again, it's a learning experience. See what works. But long answer to a short question. I am doing great with these little beginner species birds that are just crazy. And that's plenty for me right now. Maybe one day I'll have a little bit bigger bird. I would love to. Oh my gosh. I would like to start with like a conure though. Another thing with the bigger birds and other birds outside of cockatiels. Budgies are actually very loud. Zoltan's being very chill right now, but a group of budgies, they can get very loud when they all start singing. When you start getting into different types of conyers and larger parrots, they can scream, and they got decibels to their voices, so it's another thing to consider. So here again, long answer, short question, I would love every bird to be mine if I could, but wow, expense, mess, screaming, huge, powerful beaks, and just the mess, and of course, the expense of bigger cages, too. The bigger parrots, you get the bigger cage areas, and they have big aviaries and stuff. Some people actually just make rooms of their house for the birds, but then they can destroy woodwork, they can destroy your walls, they can destroy your window frames, Ah. What do you do? Maybe we'll talk to some people about this. I think this would be great topics for the future. So what happens if Shasta turns you off on these parrots? Gosh, Shasta, this sounds terrible. Well, if if you're cut out to be a bird owner, some of these aren't an issue. You know how to keep them, and you can keep the destruction at a minimum. You get in a routine with the cleaning, with the training, with the interaction, all that. But here again, what if you find out that maybe parrots just aren't for you? I have a solution, and that solution is going to be on next week's show. Oh my gosh, we have our first guest, and we are going to talk about the perfect, perfect alternate solution for someone who wants a pet bird, but maybe is on the fence with a parrot, or maybe a parrot type species just isn't a good fit for you for some reason, or it's just not what you're looking for. Wow, I have the perfect solution. You don't want to miss this. This is going to be a fun presentation, and it could lead to all sorts of stuff in the future, so make sure you tune in. All right, thanks, Tim, for writing in. That was awesome. Oh, shout outs. All right, so that was perfect timing. So I guess we'll do our first shout out to Tim. Thanks for being our first listener to write in to Listener Mailbag. Thanks, Tim. You rock. And subscribing to the YouTube channel, we have listener Bumblebug, Lenny, and Gregory. Right on. Thank you for subscribing to YouTube. That is awesome. We have had a few more listeners in other countries join the roster. So let's give a shout out to Trinidad and Tobago. Thanks for joining the fun. We've got a listener in Brazil, the Palestinian territory, South Africa, and Costa Rica. I think I know who's in Costa Rica. I'm pretty sure I know. (laughs) Hey, Lori Marie, how are you? I miss you. Love you bunches. Tell handsome hubby hello. Okay, I think we're almost out of time here. This has been fun. It looks like I have talked your ear off. I hope the sound quality is a little bit better still working on some of that, but I am really having fun with this podcast so far. Don't forget to check out the Etsy shop. And last but not least, stay tuned for next week. It premieres on Labor Day. You don't want to miss it. It is a young man who is an expert in a very special kind of pet bird that may be a solution for you too. All right, we'll catch you next time, everyone.